We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. They're playing really good football right now. Statistically, you know, they're, they're up there. This is one of the best defenses in the league. They got a lot of great players over there. Play hard, play fast, play physical. We definitely expect, you know, get a, you know, we, we got to be ready to play. Kyler Murray right there talking about the Bears defense and giving them the praise that they deserve, especially on the, on the front. Run defense is playing great. Uh, secondary is looking good as of late with some pressure coming up front from Montez Sweat. But like some of the, the cornerbacks said this week in the locker room, we haven't faced a guy like Kyler Murray this week or this year, excuse me. And uh, we will get an opportunity to talk about Kyler Murray and, you know, what he, uh, what kind of difficulties he will present for the Chicago Bears team on Sunday with our next guest. But I do want to remind you, you're listening to a Four Seasons Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electric Football Friday presented by your local Ford dealers. And it's not a game, Illinois.com. All right. Joining us right now on our guest hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois, it is Howard Balzer. Howard, I, I, I can't. I've been waiting to talk to you all day because Kyler Murray, to me, is someone... All week, I've been asking everybody that would listen, Howard. I've said, they're like, Justin Fields or, or Kyler Murray? I throw that, throw that out there. And the ease at which people say Justin Fields is almost disrespectful. Like, people forgot what Kyler Murray was doing to the NFL a couple of years ago. Um, but I want you to give me your assessment, not only just of Kyler Murray, the football player as a whole, uh, but the evolution of Kyler Murray, where he was when he first got to Arizona to where he's at right now, and 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 the view of him from the fan base and, and the people that cover him. Yeah, it's a, a great being with you, and it's, it's a great question because that whole debate has been front and center here in the Phoenix area all week also because of this matchup of these two guys. And, you know, cer- certainly it was a little slow start, certainly. I mean, anytime you're drafted high by a team in the first round, there's a reason – you're drafted high. It's because the team wasn't very good. And that's what the Cardinals faced when he was drafted first overall after uh, the Cardinals won three games in the previous season. And he was voted offensive rookie of the year. He showed progress, you know, made to, you know, the the team wasn't that good around him. And, and then it, it progressed from there, including when they acquired DeAndre Hopkins in a trade and the offensive line was, was getting put together and they had a pretty good 2020, a very good start to 2021 when the Cardinals started the season 7-0, and and then the roof kind of fell in. A lot of it beyond Kyler Murray's control. I mean, there was injuries on the offensive line. DeAndre Hopkins got hurt. Murray got hurt. And there were, there were so many things that happened to that team. And then he gets hurt last year, and all of a sudden everyone's questioning Kyler Murray's ability. <laughs> and, and, and so, but that—that's the way it. You know, I, you know, this is the holiday season, the Christmas season. You know, I, I kind of think I, the analogy I came up with the other day, even on a local station here, is I mentioned that Christmas is filled with getting all the, you know, everybody all the toys they want, all the kids' toys, right? Then they open up all these toys on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Then they play with them all, and they're psyched. And then most of them go in a box, and some of them they'll never play with again. And it's time for a new toy, right? Well, that's the way it is with quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. When a team drafts a guy, especially when it's high, if all of a sudden there isn't this instant success, all of a sudden the quarterback gets blamed, and everybody's go, okay, we're ready for a new toy now to bring in a quarterback, even though there's no guarantee that the new guy will be as good as, much less better than, than the one you already have. And so I think, uh, you know, I, I do think with Kyler Murray that 
you know, he's only played what now five games this season after yeah. coming back from the ACL. There's not a tremendous amount of talent around him. And that's what I point to all the time is that there, there's, there, there's, there's no quarterback that can be successful without the supporting cast. And I always hear this to me, false flag. Well, the quarterback's got to make everybody better, right? Well, this is in high school. Right. It's not college. (laughs) This is the NFL where you're playing against, you know, fast, freakish athletes on defense and teams that spend, you know, obviously a tremendous amount of time defending a team. And then so if you don't have that pass protection or you don't have the skill players at running back and receiver and all that, then what what quarterback is successful? I mean, it's, it's just crazy. But that's the debate. That's the debates we get all into. And I, and I say this. I mean, Brock Purdy is a perfect example in San Francisco. Would, would the San Francisco, I mean, would the Chicago Bears be 11-3 and three right now or the Arizona Cardinals be 11-3 and three if Brock Purdy was their quarterback? I doubt it seriously. But what would the 49ers be re- record be if they had Kyler Murray or Justin Fields playing with that incredible talent and that incredible offensive line? But – you know, we're a league of – it's a league of what have you done for me lately. And there, I'll tell you something, Gabe. There were a lot of fans in San Francisco when the 49ers lost three in a row earlier in the year that were all of a sudden they're, oh, Brock Purdy's not as good. Oh, they got to they try a different quarterback. <laughs> well, they didn't have Debo Samuel. Trent Williams was out at left tackle. Christian, Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey was, was out, yep. Yeah, he, he played, but he was bothered by an oblique injury. And they went three games in a row where not only they lost, but they only scored 17 points. Right. Well, those guys came back. And since then, the 49ers are six and oh, they're they're beating teams by an average of just under 20 points a game. And aside from those 11, the other eight games of the season, I think they've scored 30, like six or seven times or maybe eight. They scored at least 30 a lot of times. So you have to have a team around a quarterback. And everyone always talks about this sport as the ultimate team sport. But when a team doesn't doesn't play well especially on offense all of a sudden the team doesn't matter it's all about the coach the offensive play you know the coordinator the play caller or the quarterback I mean it just doesn't make any sense to me guy we're talking to Howard Balzer here on 670 the score he covers the Cardinals for PHNX and I, I I I it's interesting to hear you say that because that has been a take here in Chicago you know it's almost like you just could just swap the quarterbacks and say the same thing about a guy like Justin Fields, but yeah. what I'm ultimately hearing you say, Howard, is that in your mind you think the Bears and the Arizona Cardinals should stay with their quarterbacks and use those top picks to build around them. I definitely think so, and especially in the Bears situation, once again, where, like last year, unless something crazy happens and the Carolina Panthers find a way to win a few more, couple more games, they're going to have the first pick again. And so then you can have one of those, you know, crazy teams that think they have to mortgage the future with however many draft picks to get up high in the draft and pick their next quarter, you know, pick their quarterback of the future. I went back and this is pretty interesting. I went back to the years 2014 through 2018 since 2019. I think it's still too, still too soon to really look at the quarterbacks and where they are from those five seasons. There were 17 quarterbacks, 16 quarterbacks, I'm sorry, selected in the first round, and only three of them are with the team that drafted them. Three of 16, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. 
Seven of those 16 were drafted in the top three picks of the draft, right? None of them are with their original team, and only one of them is a starter, and that's Jared Goff with the Detroit Lions. So I just, I just sit back and I laugh every year at, at people talking in November and October like they know who the great quarterbacks are going to be in the next draft. But wait, 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 hold and, on, because I got, I got a little pushback there, Howard, and it is, okay. it is, and it's more of a to continue the conversation, not necessarily pushback, but the, the guys that you mentioned that are now with new teams, and you said like only one of them is a starter. So does that mean that that the system failed them that they were in because they didn't have talent around them, or that they themselves weren't good? Well, it's it's a combination of things, but the last thing you said is key. They weren't good. Well, no, they they weren't that good. But why weren't they that good? And that gets back to my other point of every. It's always blamed on the quarterback, and so guys, you know, you're picked high. Once again, you're picked high for the most part. You're going to a team that isn't very good. Right. So what does that quarterback have around them? And then a lot of time, and then teams changing coaches, they're changing coordinators. I mean, look at, look at the number of quarterbacks that are, that have had different, you know, di- I mean, heck, and I'm not going to sit here and say that Mitchell Trubisky was the greatest quarterback in the world. <laughs> right, right? Right, right. But, ha- but how, ma- how many different coordinators did he have and how many offenses in his first few years in the league? And, and that, and that, and that, that, that affects him. I mean, Mac Jones in new England, Right. I mean, they've had three different offenses in his three years as a quarterback with the Patriots. That, that's tough to be successful when you're constantly changing all these things. And, and a quarterback has now learned a new system, learn this, new players, you know, all those things. Stability is so important in this league, but it's very rarely there. And so all these things, I think, conspire together to you know, and make it tough on quarterbacks. And you mentioned where they get Jared Goff was the quarterback on a Super Bowl team with the Rams. They loved him so much they gave him a second contract. And then other things happened around the team and they weren't as good. And so they said, Oh, okay, you know, we've got to go out and make a change. And they went and traded for Matthew Stafford while also investing in their offensive line and a lot of other places. And the team won a Super Bowl, right? Well, what did they do last year? They won five games after winning the Super Bowl. So I think that it's just our microwave society. Everything has to be done done quickly. And so to go back to your original point, though, yeah, I I, I think that Justin Fields is a very talented quarterback, and with with the right team and the right. Now I I will say this: I do question the running quarterback in the in the NFL, no matter who it is, whether that is sustainable, whether that guy's going to stay healthy. And it's hard enough to stay healthy, even if you're just a you know a drop back quarterback. But you put yourself at risk more when you're a guy that runs. And so you know, and the thing with Murray is what he has against him is his height at only five foot ten. At least Justin Fields has real good size. But there's no guarantee, no no guarantee that if if they would decide to move on from him, and they've got a tough decision because next May. They've got to decide whether to give him a – if he is with the Bears, they have to decide whether to give him this fifth-year option, which will be worth about $21 million. But is there a guarantee that Caleb Williams or, or Drake May or whoever else the Bears might fall in love with, is there a guarantee they're, they're going to be better? No, because you're starting over with a new guy, and you just don't know how they're going to be unless, unless you really improve the talent around them. Yeah. And so I think that is, that is always the key 
uh, for any quarterback to have success. It's definitely the, the hot button topic here in Chicago. The water cooler topic, everybody's around. Even though people don't use water coolers anymore. They got different kind of technology <laughs> now. Uh, but, but they're most certainly doing that. We're talking to Howard Balzer. He covers the Cardinals for PHNX out in Phoenix. Uh, and he's joining us here on 670. The score, Gabe Ramirez here. Let's talk about the game on Sunday. I mean, um, are, are they? What are the expectations of the Arizona Cardinals? I know, obviously, you know they they know what they are going to be—a team that's going to be drafting in the top ten. But is it? Hey, Kyler Murray's back. We expect a victory, or is it more? Because last year the big thing was moral victory for the Bears. Nobody thought they were going to win, but they wanted to see progress. So is is that where the the Cardinals are, at? Or, or is everybody tuned out and no one's watching football anymore in Phoenix? No, they still are watching, okay. and I think that you know this team. There were very very little expectations. For them going in uh, with players they shed in the offseason. Uh, they, in free agency, they signed a whole bunch of one and two year contract guys just to come in and, and compete and, you know, try to improve the depth. And they've had a bunch of injuries, as a lot of teams do. But, you know, for this game, it, you know, it's a tough one uh, for, for, for the Cardinals. I mean, they have injuries at wide receiver uh, where, where Marquise Hollywood Brown has been declared out. He hasn't done anything over the last couple of weeks. Uh, because of a foot injury that he tried to play through and just couldn't get it done. Uh, they do have good tight ends, pretty good running game with James Conner. The offensive line has been mostly together. So they've, they've still, with, with the talent they have, not much at wide receiver. Uh, but the tight end, Trey McBride, who's done tremendous things in his second year, is, is someone that the, the Bears really have to watch. And obviously I'm, I'm not telling, telling, telling the Bears anything they don't know. Uh, so, but – Kyler Murray's done a pretty nice job considering how much he had to go through with his rehab, learn a new offense, learn a lot of new players, new coaches, and all that. And he's played solid, not great, but he's played solid football having to deal with all that over these last few weeks. But overall, you know, the the fans don't expect a whole lot. They've got injuries on defense. And so they know the challenge they're up against uh, with, with, you know, with the talent that the Bears have on offense. So, but I, I don't, I don't think, I think fans look at this game and they say, yeah, this is, a, this is a game that's winnable, but it's not like they're expecting that victory to happen because they know that the Cardinals pretty much almost have to play perfect football no matter who they're playing if they're going to come away with a victory, and that's why they've only won three all season. So what, I mean, what does a moral victory look like then for the Cardinals? Is it a, a good game from Kyler Murray, a three-touchdown game? Is it a, a, a spectacular performance from the defense, maybe seeing some of those guys kind of step up and have their names called on a Sunday? I, I, th- I think it's a combination. I think it's and, – and they've done this a lot this year. Even in games they've lost, they've played teams tough. I mean, heck, even last week, they 20, lose 45 20, to 20. Right, put, putting up 29 points against the, the Niners is no easy yeah, feat. Yeah, exactly. No, ex- exactly. And they moved the ball, and a couple of those scores were late uh, when they fell behind. But it, it was still a one-score game at halftime. And so I, I think that's what, that's what fans are looking at. This team, it, it doesn't feel like – it is a 3-11 and team. But it doesn't feel like that. It's, there's, there's not the gloom and doom of a team that there is a lot of times at the end of the year when, when things are bad because, first of all, a lot of guys are playing for jobs. But also, I think they've bought into the process and what Jonathan Gannon and the coaching staff has brought uh, to this team. And so they play teams tough, and they don't make mistakes. Like, like in any, any team, you don't, don't make mistakes. Get some turnovers, some takeaways. And – and, and I think they're. I think I think everyone's expecting at least a close, competitive game, and and then it gets into the fourth quarter, and you see if they're able to make a play. I mean, a lot of games in this league, almost seventy percent of the games 
in the NFL are one-score games in the fourth quarter. The good teams find ways to win those, and the teams that aren't so good find ways to lose them. Yeah, they most certainly do, and hopefully they could uh, – I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I don't know if I want Arizona to – maybe I want Arizona to win this game. Deep down inside. <laughs> deep down inside. That's how I feel, Howard. Uh, one more thing before I let you go. I know you're – I now know uh, that you're a fan of Justin Fields. I'm wondering if you're a fan of another popular Chicago Bear. Might have heard of him. Devin Hester. I'm curious. I'm curious uh, thoughts on – just like, you know, when you did – obviously I know you, you respect the game. You love the game. When you did yes. watch Devin Hester play – you know oh, what, my what, what? What? Yeah. What were your thoughts on him and when he did play in the NFL? And 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 all um, full disclosure, I am one of the voters oh, on the I Hall of Fame committee. Of okay. Well, I didn't know if the yeah you might have, but I don't know if the listeners do. Okay, fair. And so I want so so my it's it's an interesting it's an interesting discussion because and I'll say this: uh, my wife is a Chicago girl, and when Devin Hester came up for election, I she said he's going to go in the Hall of Fame, isn't he? And I said. I think he will at some point. I don't know how soon it will be because no, as, as, as a difference maker he was, and there's no doubt that he was in his role as a kick returner, he wasn't on the field that much. And what happens is, and I've been in these discussions now for a few years where he has been a finalist. And after the discussion, you're going, man, he, he's going to get in this year. But then you have the discussions about the 14 other guys who were all offensive players, defensive players, played basically every snap, had had that impact on their teams for all those years, and all of a sudden those guys end up getting more votes because of that aspect of it. And there's some who have advanced you know, the belief that maybe there should be a separate category for special teams guys because it's so hard to get those guys in, whether it's a kicker, whether it's a punter, whether it's a, a returner, even a special teams cover guy like a Steve Tasker, who was mm. a semifinalist for many years, but never was even able to advance to become a finalist. So it's a lot of people, I think, Gabe, have this belief that we on the committee, oh, we, we don't respect the guy or we have something against <laughs> right, right, right. You know, someone. No, it's not that at all. You're just voting for someone else. If he wasn't respected, he wouldn't make the list of 15. I mean, all you have to do is look at the list of 25 guys who were semifinalists and look at the ten players that didn't make it, and you and they go, boy, boy, that that those are pretty good. Those are really good players there, and so the respect is there. It just comes down to when you start casting that those votes to cut it from fifteen to ten, and then five is that the other guys get them, like three wide receivers, for example, that have now been multiple finalists for several years: Torrey Holt, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, wow. and those, I'm just picking out three, you know, from that list. Uh, edge rushers like Dwight Freeney and Jared Allen. And this year, Julius Peppers is a first time eligible. And so when you start looking at those guys and you say every down guy. And so what ends up happening is those guys end up getting more votes than Devin Hester. So I said at the top of this, I think he'll get in someday. We'll see when and if that happens, because it's, it's, it's always going to be a tremendous class of finalists. And a lot of times that's, you know, there might be one of those years where everyone says, okay, he's been a finalist enough. We've just got to finally vote him in. You just can't keep waiting and waiting. But then I tell the story of Lynn Swan, who was a finalist for 14 years wow. before he got elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So those are the realities of the process that I always like to talk about just so people get a perspective and, and 
realize, I mean, this is the hard, this is the most humbling thing I do. And I'm sure all 49 other selectors believe the same thing. And let me tell you, when you get in that, when you get in that room and you're pick, before that, we, we just picked our 15 and the announcements, by the way, is going to be made next week of the final 15. When you vote on those, you're going, oh my goodness, this is hard. But then when you vote the first reduction to 10, it's harder and harder. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just incredible because we all know and understand how life-changing this is for the players who are going to get enough votes to get to the five and then become elected in the next, you know, in that year's class of the Hall of Fame. I got to be honest, Howard, you, you definitely dropped some gems on me, and I appreciate you for giving us some insight and just, just you know, the mind of someone who actually has to vote and the, and the burden that is on them and, and the stress that's on them to make those, those decisions. But I appreciate you. Uh, because you are the one that is left with difficult decisions at the end. Uh, Howard, I appreciate you hanging out with me tonight. Great stuff. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Anytime, man. Enjoy it. Take care. Howard Balzer. Make sure you guys check him out on Twitter. Uh, he is a Hall of Fame voter. I didn't know there was only 50. Like, when he said 50, it kind of threw me off. I don't know what made me think it was a bigger number than that. But when he said 49 other guys, I'm like, holy. You're one of full 50 people that gets to vote on the Hall of Fame. I would. Th- I was thinking like a hundred minimum, right? But Fifty. Like you think, because uh, you think, oh, I get to vote for the Heisman. It's like 500. Seems like 500 people are laying in these votes. Fifty, bruh. His Christmas card like must be. You know what I'm saying? Howard Balzer. If I'm Devin Hester, Howard Balzer. <laughs> hey Howard, I got a jersey for you, bro. No, no, no. Just because I know your wife is a, she's a Chicago gal. Like put it said. in the stack with the others. Damn. Yeah, put it in the stack with the others. All right. That was that was great. I love talking to Howard. And he was just super knowledgeable. I love the fact that he was in on Justin Fields. Man, I got this dry cough. Yeah, Anthony Heron had it a little bit too. Oh, no. His, uh, no, no, no. I was with Anthony <clears throat> earlier in the week, and I told him, I said, Papa, you need you're you're getting sick. Like, there's no <laughs> oh, way around no, this. No, no, no. It's just yeah. yeah, no, no. There's no way around. Then he had three little halls here while I was sitting on the thing. No, Aunt was in a different place than I. I am in a. I've been up since. I mean, I have kids, so I'm up early every day anyway. But I did uh, Fox 32. They have their Orange Fridays. They do it right there on the plaza on the corner of Michigan and Lake, and the bar that I'm. I'll say affiliated with, call it that. That seems reasonable. Uh, it's called Roundhouse in Logan Square. I've oh, been. Great, Alex great has spot. been there. Of course. I forgot you've been there. Thank you for coming. I forgot. Um, but, damn, I forgot what I was saying. Roundhouse. Oh, Orange Friday. I was on Orange Friday. I was so thankful that you came to the bar, and I was like, damn, I forgot. Alex went on a whole different thought train. Uh, Orange Fridays uh, for Fox 32, I, I was there earlier. That was like at 9.30 in the morning. So I had to go there, set up. You know, we did a drink. We did a, a dish. Did that. Then Bears Unleashed. Then here right now. So I'm on like the tail end. So that's why I think my voice is like this because, you know, I'll, I'll sound like one of those divas that are like, my voice can't use it too much. I've never used that excuse in my life. But right now I'm going to use that for the cough and not say that it's the Rona. Yeah, I, I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't think it's Rona. No. I got my booster shot, so I'm good. Yeah. All right, uh, coming up after this, I do want to take a couple phone calls. So I got Alex Kuhn producing today. Let's open up the phone lines, and here's what I want to do, because it's going to be a short break. 
But I want you, because it is, you know, Christmas weekend, I want you to give a gift. Okay? And I want you to give a gift to your favorite sports team. I want you to think who that is. And I want you to say, man, if I were to gift my favorite sports team something, what would that be? Would you give a point guard to the Bulls? Maybe you have something in mind for the Bears. 312-644-6767. Phone lines are open. Alex Kuhn is producing today. He's going to pick you up when you call in. What gift are you giving your favorite sports team? Call in and we'll take your calls on the other side. 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez on 6. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. 70 the score. Hey, it's Gabe Ramirez, 670 to score. We are in the gift-giving mood presently. See what I did there? 312-644-6767. We're talking about what gift you would give your favorite team here in Chicago. And I'm curious what that could look like for you. Uh, First, let's go to Steve out in Wonder Lake. So, Steve, your gift is going to the Chicago Bears. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Welcome to the show. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Happy holidays, whatever you, you know, I got to say to you. Yeah, that's all fine. <laughs> so talk to me. What's the gift you're giving the Bears? Patrick Mahomes. Oh, you're a fool. You're not even talking about like a draft pick. You're like, just just go back in time. You're giving the Bears a yeah. time machine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's what I'm scared is going to happen again. <laughs> What, that the Bears are going to miss out on Caleb Williams? Yes, very much so. Possible. I mean, it's possible. I don't think that uh, it's it's a, it's a crazy idea to think that. I think Parkinson Spiegel said it maybe like a week ago or so, where they said if the Bears are going to pass up on Caleb Williams and in three years it's going to be Caleb Williams and the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> versus <laughs> First, C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans in the Super Bowl. Oh, that would just be painful. Let's go to Mark. Mark, what team are you giving uh, your gift to? I'm giving a gift to the Bears. And the gift I want to give them is the Honey Bears. I want the Honey Bears back, Gabe. <laughs> it's, it, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that we do not have our Honey Bears. No, it's not. So it's that it's too cold outside, gift. bro. Well, cold or not, man, get them out there. Get them cheering. I mean, I remember back in the day, Super Bowl shuffle, we had the Honey Bears, man. Yeah, but it sounds, but it's, but you do understand that that sounds foolish, right? To have women cheerleaders and men, for that matter, dressed scantily clad in freezing Chicago weather. Well, it's not always freezing, and it's not always foolish, and it's not all they do is dance. They, they do, uh, you know. I was, uh, I, I wasn't around for the Honey Bears, so you have to tell me. Pardon me? I said I wasn't around for the Honey Bears, so you'd have to tell me what they did that, that you'd love so much. Well, it's just a bunch of women out there that was fine as wine <laughs> that would make you want to go see a football game. 
And, and when I look at the TV and I look at every other team, Dallas Cowboys, what do they flash to? They flash. I mean, give us some entertainment. Give us something to look at other than these damn men. Okay, Mark. That's an extremely problematic phone call right there. Uh, for what reasons? I'll let your future girlfriend tell you whatever that, <laughs> whatever they need to hear there. But all right, I like it though. But but you know what? I don't want to crap on them. Mark, you're right. I asked you to, to call up and say what gift you'd give a team, and you said honey bears. And hey, man, that's your gift. Sometimes gifts get worn every day, and sometimes they stay in the closet. Let's go back out to the phone lines. 312-644-6767. Let's go to Diego. Diego, Merry Christmas, bro. Merry Christmas, and everyone else listening, yeah. happy Hanukkah. Yeah, there you go. That's, I, I, you know, I don't know. I just, and I, happy holidays sounds like it's a cop out, and so I'm trying yeah. to, you know, if I say Christmas, you say Hanukkah, and then we're all good. We just, we just did it. Merry Christmas, bro. Hey, you know you cover it all, man. Yeah, Diego. Also, do me a favor while I'm talking. Lower your radio because you know it's going to throw us both off for this whole thing. You can there catch. You can catch the there podcast version. Care Alex Kuhn, I promise he's going to put the podcast version up, and you'll be able to listen to it then. All right. Yeah, so let's uh, chat, man. Let's chat. Let's do it. All right, so gift-giving is that time of year. What team are you giving something to? I got to go with the Chicago Bears. Okay, Chicago Bears. Oh, look at the Bears in the corner. So cute. It's time to give them their gift. Diego, oh, look what Diego got you. Diego, what did you get him? I got him a new head coach. <gasps> a shiny new coach for the Bears. Bendito, look, it's so cute. Who is it, though? And I'm sure you're wondering who this uh, new coach damn is. Damn right I am. I'm going to go this one out of left field. We're going for Jim Harbaugh. Okay. I don't know if it's from left field. Sounds like right there, right in the middle for, from everybody. But, oh, look at it. It's a Jim Harbaugh. Oh, say thank you to Diego. Bears, say thank you to Diego. Look at the khakis. <laughs> so the khakis. cute. Oh, he has a little, a little blue crew neck sweater. Oh, they just changed the, the logo glasses. from an M to a C. How cute. A Jim Harbaugh. That's beautiful. I like, I like this gift thing. Let's go to Mike. Michael. Michael, what team are you giving a gift to? Hey, Gabe, how you doing? You know, My gift is for the Chicago Bears. Oh. Just give us that number one draft pick, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Woo! Number one, baby. Number one. Just give us number one. Just give us number one. Okay, I want number ones every year. Do you understand that? Every year, number one pick. I'm spoiled now. It's like it's like growing up in the 90s. You just thought you just won championships. That's what you do. It's just second nature. And that's how we feel like these kids growing up now. They're going to think every every year Bears are supposed to get number one picks. The Bears are always the worst, so they get the number one pick. Or they're no, the no, smartest. No, we don't want that. We... Or they're the smartest, and they keep trading with teams that suck, and they get their number one well, picks. that too, yes. Geniuses. Oh, look, honey. Look, honey. Michael got you a number one pick. <gasps> I always wanted a number one pick. <laughs> I traded the last one I had away. Oh, my God. I wanted another one. Thank you so much. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 to score. It's the holiday season, guys. All right. Just bear with me. Let's go to Costa out in Skokie. Costa, what up, man? Hey, Gabe. How are you? Hanging in there. No talk. Likewise. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too, bro. All right. What team are you giving a gift to? All right. So, I'm in a very gifting mood. I'm going to do a three-way bundle for the Bears, Bulls, and White Sox, a competent organization. (laughs) 
Oh, we'll honey. Wait, wait, hold on. Costa, watch this. Watch this. Okay, now this got this is a big box. This is a big box. Bulls, come here. Bears, come here. White Sox, you too. Cubs is like, what about me? No, no, you you stay over there. We got some, I got some for you later. All right, you three, come here. Look inside the box. What you got? A competent organization. It's exactly what I wrote on the list of Santa Claus. This is unreal. This is great. Yes, I think that it will solve all the damn problems we yeah, have. Yeah, it would. Thanks for the call, Coast. I appreciate you, man. Happy, happy holidays, brother. I mean, look, these are genius ideas. And the fact of the matter is, if we could only be so lucky as to gift our favorite teams something that could propel them to the upper echelon of their respective sport. If I were the Bulls, or to gift the Bulls something, my favorite team in Chicago, I would gift them, like, let's say if you like the team how it is right now. And let's say you ha- you get D'Angelo Russell back for Zach, along with another you know bench player or whatever. But D'Angelo's your one. And now you got this team and what it looks like. So I would gift the Chicago Bulls a better DeMar DeRozan. And what I mean by that is someone excuse me, who's willing to take on that role of the leader in the fourth quarter, but it's just better. And DeMar is really damn good. I, actually, I, I love DeMar more than I've ever loved DeMar right now in this present moment. But I will say if the, Bear, the Bulls can get someone better than him, that would be their gift. If I can gift the Chicago Bears something, mm, I would gift them pocket presents for Justin Fields. Because I think if you do that, then you're able to, that's what people really want. Like, man, be a good pocket passer. And then everything else is great. And so if you give them that, then you can, you know, really, dude, you control a lot in this draft again with two top 10 picks. And so, to me, that would be the best to put the Bears in the best situation to have success moving forward. And then, finally, for my Chicago White Sox, the Cubs, what am I going to get them? You know what? It's an oldie but a goodie. You got this one last year, but I'm giving you Cody Bellinger. <laughs> I love Cody Be- I I used all of my Cody Bellinger, and I wanted another one, and you gave it to me. Thanks, Gabe. That's what I got for you. And then the White Sox, this is so stupid. And then the White Sox, oh, my God. Uh, the White Sox, what am I giving the White Sox? I'm giving the White Sox someone that cares, a player that cares about the team. Here you go. You get someone that cares about the White Sox and that wants to build something here. Might not be the best player, right? Might not even be a top 10 player in the league. But someone that's like a glue guy, your A.J. Pruszynski, someone that loves this team. Because I think that's what's missing from the Chicago White Sox. Nobody loves the team. So, therefore, if, no, if the players don't love the team, nobody wants to come to the team. There goes the Well, they did get Nicky Lopez. So. Stop it. Stop. Oh, sorry. Just sorry. Stop it. Hi, here. What about the Bears? I'll give them Olin Cruz in his prime. Give them a center. An Olin Cruz prime, but then you still have a quarterback problem. Well, give them a center. So much of their problems are being caused, especially up front, from a center who cannot block yeah. anybody. So the rest of the so line's great. So, Alex Kuhn, you're taking Caleb Williams, the number one pick. Uh, yeah, I heard not it. Not yet. I heard it. I heard I'm it. not there okay. yet. I got you. I heard it. I'm not there yet with him. You heard it right in your voice when you were like, this is what I would do. <laughs> I was like, oh, that sounds like it's going to be tough. All right. Uh, coming up, uh, actually, you know what? You know, we got Trevor Lane coming up at 820. 
I'm going to be hanging out with you guys till 9 o'clock. Got a little Twitter time before the, before we get out of here as well. Uh, we're going to hear from Coach Eberflus at the top of the 8. Um, but on the other side, I'm going to selfishly talk to you about fantasy football. So don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 to score. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. You want to talk a little more fantasy football? Yes, that was OJ Simpson. Shout out Alex Kuhn on the ones and twos holding down producer duties today. But, you know, we are talking a little fantasy football. And here's here's why I bring it up. Because if you're still interested in fantasy football, that means you're a fantasy football god. You're out here in the semifinals of your playoffs. And, man. So, Justin Herbert went down for me, you know, when he went down a couple weeks ago. I had to pick up somebody, and I picked up Matthew Stafford. And so, he had himself a game last week, but I was on a bye, so it didn't count. And I was really nervous about this week and what was going to happen. And the guy I was going up against, two-time champion, had uh, Cooper Cup and Kyron Williams. And I thought to myself, damn, I just need Stafford to throw a bunch of touchdowns to not Cooper Cup. That's exactly what he did yesterday. Puka Nakua. Robinson got himself a nice little tutty. Kyron did his thing, but Stafford got me as many points as the other two did. Now, here's why I'm talking about this. No, because I don't want to just selfishly tell you about my team. I'm trying to tell you about a dark horse. If you are in the playoffs, and maybe you know you're like, you need a you need a streaming option at running back. And that's where I'm at right now because everybody on my team is hurt. I had Nick Chubb at the beginning of the year hurt. I got Z. Oh, Ramondre Stevenson's not playing this weekend? That means I picked up Zeke two weeks ago when that happened. And he ended up getting me that 22 the first week. Sucked last week, but I didn't play him. But he got me 22. So he's back. Ramondre Stevenson's not playing. Great. All right. Here's my other uh, running back that I think you should pick up. In the event that Zach Moss does not play, because he hasn't practiced all week. I know Jonathan Taylor's supposed to come back, but I don't know how likely it is you're going to come back in three weeks from a, from a thumb surgery as a running back. That just sounds stupid. So. There is a gentleman named Tyler Goodson. Now, listen. <laughs> Champions- Iowa Hawkeye. Is he really? That's what's up. Okay, I didn't know that. But what I do know is that he might be the only healthy running back on the roster come Sunday. And so I say that to say my dad is the best fantasy football player I've ever met in my entire life. Won more championships than anybody I know. And the one thing that he does that I never do <clears throat> is pick up and start people in the playoffs. I'm just so fearful of it, right? Like, what did they say? Dance, or what is it? Something, the person that you brought to the dance? Do something with the person you brought to the dance. Damn, somebody text in and say, tell me what the saying goes. But that's how I feel more often than not, and those guys end up pooping the bed and end up losing. And you know who ends up winning? The guy who picks up the random guy who, if you play for the Colts and you're a running back, you're going to get 60 yards on the ground, guaranteed, and you're going to get eight catches for 40 yards. So, Madison is my other running back from the Minnesota Vikings. And he's been hurt all week. Probably not going to play. Ty Chandler is uh, going to be the starter there. So, I need, a, I need a backup. And I was worried about Ezekiel Elliott because I thought Ramondre Stevenson was going to play. No need for him to play. They want to lose their games. So, you got Zeke against the worst running defense in the NFL, Denver, doing that. I was going to play Khalil Herbert if Deontay Foreman was out. But, like I mentioned, Goodson. Tyler Goodson, if you're looking for something, uh, maybe you go ahead and take him uh, so that that way you can catch a flyer. And good luck to everyone that's still in their in their playoffs because that means you're a fantasy football guy, all right, and you're about to win some money. 
All right, coming up after the break, 8 o'clock hour, we go full Matt Eberflus mode. What does he have to say about the upcoming matchup against the Arizona Cardinals? And who did he give praise to? I'll give you that information on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.